You are now listening to One Hour School Life, the official sports podcast of Pin Oak Middle School. All right, welcome into another episode of One Hour School Wide. This is Mr. Mertz. We have one last special interview episode this week, and the interview, the interviewee is uh, yours truly, Mr. Mertz. That's me, uh, the cross country coach. So uh, be looking for that interview coming up next. So you get a double dose of listening to my voice this this episode. Okay, um, I guess where we'll start this week is kind of where we started last week, and that's uh, with the Houston Dynamo, our hometown MLS soccer club. Had a 1-1 draw versus LAFC last Saturday. Uh, Another kind of rainy, drizzly day again. It wasn't that bad. It was actually a really pretty nice afternoon, but there was a lot of rain that morning, and the pitch looked a little, maybe a little soft. Um, I know my friend that was working from home said that – that both teams looked a little sloppy. So maybe the rain had a little bit to do with that. I'm not sure. Um, from where I was sitting, I thought I thought the game was pretty clean uh, for the most part. Uh, I thought the Dynamo played pretty well. I thought they had a chance to win the game, actually. Um, ended up being a 1-1 draw. Uh, LAFC scored a quick goal uh, that was offside. It was offside. Um, I don't know why they didn't VAR it. Uh, I've heard from like on Twitter that the announcers that were covering the game were doing the replay and they said that there was no way that that goal was going to stand. And then it stood and uh, the Dynamo went down 1-0 fairly early uh, in the second half. Let me look that up exactly. I'm pretty sure that was around the 55th minute or so. Let's see. Let's double check this. Um, yeah, uh, LAFC scored in the 55th minute. Once again, uh, it was offside. They didn't call it. That's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with, with uh, officials missing goals and missing calls sometimes, but if you have a VAR system that's supposed to review those types of things, I don't know why, uh, how VAR didn't catch that and why the referee didn't go look at the replay and overturn that goal. Um, but it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, um, I will say two minutes later, uh, the Dynamo answered back with a goal by uh, Tyler Pasher. Finally gets on the score sheet after playing very well the first three games of the season. Uh, add last Saturday to the list, too. I uh, played very well. Real dangerous on that right side of the field. Um, I believe it was uh, Fafa had the assist. Fafa Picolt had the assist on the goal. Uh, cross over the middle that um, Pasher ran in and knocked through the net. And it was a... Uh, Pretty awesome. Happened. Uh, it was on the goal. I I, I sat behind the goal, kind of up in the second deck, up behind the the goal. That um, let's see, that would be the south south goal, south end zone. I guess I don't know if that's the right terminology, but uh, the goal happened pretty much right in front of us, right in front of me and my friends. So uh, pretty awesome to see that, and it was a a great answer by the Dynamo. Um, even though that one goal was offside by LAFC, uh, the Dynamo had plenty of other chances once again, which we talked about last week, to uh, put the ball in the net, and they didn't get it done. So uh, should have had probably three points against LAFC. Uh, uh, Vela wasn't playing. Vela, Vela, Carlos Vela. I think that's how I pronounce. I think I've learned how to pronounce that correctly. Vela. Um, he wasn't even playing. So when the Dynamo go play at LAFC in a couple weeks, uh, you know. 
draw is probably the best case scenario. So when you're at home and you're playing pretty well and you have a bunch of chances, they're going to have to start putting goals in, especially at home, to beat teams like LAFC. I mean, you might get away with this against, you know, the, the Quakes or the Whitecaps or somebody, but not LAFC. So had an opportunity to get three points, didn't get it done. I'm still pretty happy with with a draw. Uh, as I said before last before the game last week, that a, a draw would be, you know, kind of considered a win for the Dynamo in this matchup. But uh, you know, after being at the game and seeing seeing how the game folded uh, unfolded, kind of felt like the Dynamo left some points on the table. But hey, a point's a point, so definitely we'll take that. Um, tomorrow, the Dynamo travel to Frisco to play FC Dallas. Um, haven't won there in a long time, so. Draw is probably the best case scenario there. Hopefully it's not a hopefully it's not a loss. So draw would be fine, and then the Dynamo come back home on Wednesday of next week to play uh, Sporting KC. So I'll be at the game for Sporting KC. I'll hope to give you a good recap of that. Um, hopefully another situation where pretty good team coming into town. Um, Dynamo get some chances. They're going to have to put it in the net or they're going to end up with a loss or a draw. So let's hope that they can start getting some goals going. I think over the first three or four games, they've looked pretty well. Um, they look a lot better than they did last year. Um, it's not this type of situation where it gets to like the 78th, 79th minute, and then the Dynamo you know, are in the game, and then something happens, and then they're not in the game. They give up a goal, and that's it or something, You know, a, a very late goal. So um, the defense looks better. Uh, Fafa and Pasher look like really good wingers. Um, still kind of think... I still think they're trying to find who's going to be that guy in the middle uh, for forward. Like, is it going to be Rudy? Is it going to be uh, uh, maybe Christian Ramirez? Uh, um, maybe somebody else. Um, uh, Lassiter, perhaps. Also, Cantero uh, uh, isn't 100% right now, and he's kind of working his way back into the lineup. So that should be a boost, hopefully, when Cantero gets uh, back in into the lineup and starts and plays more than the last 15 minutes of the game. So um, things are looking good for the Dynamo. I think, you know, they're, they got a chance to, 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 uh, to get some points here early in the season. So let's just hope that uh, they can start scoring some goals. Uh, sticking on soccer again this week, uh, my favorite team, the Chelsea Blues, have advanced to the Champions League final versus Manchester City after a 2 to nothing. 2-0 win over Real Madrid on Wednesday of this week. Um, my favorite player, Christian Pulisic, uh, came in about the 60, maybe 63rd, 64th minute and ended up getting an assist later in the game to seal to seal the game. Um, it was nice seeing uh, Timo Werner score a goal in the first half of that game. That guy's been, uh, he's been close a whole lot of times this year, but just hasn't been able to finish. Um, so hopefully that starts to turn around for him. He is good at making assists still and adds a lot to the team, but um, it's good to see him get – it seems like it's a confidence thing, so it's it was good to see him get a goal early in that – well, kind of in the late first half, I guess. And then uh, Pulisic sealed it with a cross to uh, Mason Mount. I don't remember where it, what time that goal was, uh, but it was pretty late in the game and put it away for the most part. Uh, let's see. what when, when was that goal? Um yeah, the 85th minute is when that assist by Pulisic happened. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. So I uh, got a tough matchup coming up in the uh, Champions League final versus Manchester City. 
uh, Chelsea and Man City actually play tomorrow in a Premier League. I think it'll be interesting to see what the teams put out there on the field. Uh, Chelsea definitely needs the three points because they're trying to stay up in the top four versus, um, you know, and trying to hold off West Ham, who is only three points behind. Um, Man City's got it pretty much rock, uh, locked up. Uh, I don't think it's official yet, but it's pretty, I mean, you know, just a couple. They have to win one or draw one, and somebody, you know, uh, Man U has to draw or lose or something, and it's over. So it's it's pretty much locked up. So I, I don't know if Man City's going to throw out their uh, A squad tomorrow. Um, I don't know if Chelsea has either. I think both teams will try to um, try to hide what their plan is for the Champions League final. But at the same time, you know, Chelsea needs to get three points. So I don't think they're going to rest everybody. I can see Man City resting a lot of their guys um, because it doesn't really matter to them. Cause, but um, I can see Chelsea trying to, you know, really try to win that game. Uh you know, it could be one of those games where both teams trade a goal in the first half and then they kind of just mess around and let it go to draw, which for Chelsea and the and MPL, that would be that would be good for Chelsea to stay at least three points up on on uh on West Ham for the time being. That would put them four points up. So uh yeah, that game's at eleven thirty tomorrow. Uh the Dynamo play Dallas at two thirty tomorrow. So I got a pretty busy Saturday. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, other things to talk about this week. Um, hmm. I did see something about... Um, actually, I just saw some breaking news. that. Um, so the Champions League final is supposed to be played in Turkey, in Istanbul. But they're having a COVID outbreak. And if the teams go play there they'll have to qual they'll have to quarantine for 10 days afterward which wouldn't be good because you know a lot of those i don't i think that's towards the end of the month I, I think epl might be over by then but there's a lot of those players that have like international tournaments and stuff that are going to be starting so i don't think that's what those two teams want to do so i think they're trying to move that game to england um maybe they can play it at wembley or something that would be i think that would be pretty neat that's where they play the fa cup final right um so we'll see what happens on that one, but it doesn't seem like that game's going to take place in Istanbul. Um, I'm looking at my computer right now, and uh, speaking of EPL and teams that uh, that Chelsea are keeping their eye on, as uh, one of them is Leicester City, who is in front of them. Um, they're actually down one to nothing right now on, versus Newcastle. So let's see where that would end up. Um, if that result holds... If that result holds, um, that would make Chelsea only two points behind Leicester. Um, and if Chelsea was to win tomorrow versus Man City, uh, that would put them in third and put them a point above Leicester. So keep an eye on that one this afternoon. Okay. Um, that's pretty much all I have to talk about. Uh, you know, baseball's going on, but it's just so much so early in the year, and there's so many games of baseball. But uh, I did keep a little bit of an eye on uh, the Astros-Yankees series this week as a Yankees fan uh, playing the Astros and how all that bad blood from the uh, trash can scandal. Uh, the Yankees, uh, the Astros hadn't played at Yankee Stadium since all that came out. So that was the first time in, uh, in the Bronx since that since that scandal broke. So it was kind of interesting to see the fan reaction and everything. And uh, I was happy that the Yankees won two out of three. Um, but, you know, 
I am in Houston, so I'm not going to yell that real loud. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that'll do it for me this week. Um, there's another segment of me talking here in a moment, uh, but I, I won't be the only one talking, and I'll be talking about cross-country. Um, we finally have a date for our cross-country meet, so I don't. I think when we recorded this, I did not have a date for the meet. The date had the meet had been delayed like twice, or actually three times if you want to count being delayed from October. Um, but it's finally on the schedule, and it looks like it's going to happen this time, and it's going to be on May 22nd. So I'm excited to see our runners who have been running since January finally get to run a meet. Um, usually the season runs from first of September to the middle of October you know, about a month and a half. This year it's ran from first part of January till May 22nd. So that's about five and a half months. So it's been a long season, but I'll be really excited um, to see our runners out there in their blue and white running through the trees and the hills and hopefully crossing the finish line before others do. Um, with that said, here comes up my interview. My name is James. And we are the Lord. And today we're going to be talking with uh, Mr. Mertz. First of all, viewers are probably wondering, Mr. Mertz, what sport do you coach? So I coach um, cross country. Technically, I'm the boys' cross country coach, but the boys and girls in cross country are all we all practice together so i'm kind of like the boys head coach and like the girls assistant coach all right, all right yeah how long have you been coaching this is uh my ninth year coaching cross country um so my first six years i coached cross country and track and field in the springtime and then uh, the last three years i've coached just cross country all right so you have a lot of experience with cross country uh, a little bit, yeah. And so, I mean, do you like, you know, like going to the events or? Yeah, I, I do like going to the uh, to the events. So the, the meets are usually on a Saturday morning um, and they're usually in the fall, like in uh, September, October. So it's a it's a fun time of year for me because uh, I usually when we have a meet, I'll get up early, go get some coffee, go to the meet and then on my way home, which will I mean, it usually ends around 10 30 11. i'm usually listening to like uh pre-game for college football because i'm a big college football fan so then it's just like a it's a busy day but but a fun day yeah yeah sounds good you know especially doing it before it gets cold and stuff sure uh, yeah so you know how's covid or how's covid affect your uh um just cross country i guess so COVID has been a real challenge um, for cross country. So first, we usually have our season in September, October, and it was pushed all the way to January. So um, and even then, once we started in January, uh, HIST decided that we should shut down for two weeks and pause all middle school sports. So that was a challenge um, having to we can only have like 10 runners a team and we usually have so that means I have about 20 boys, and I usually have about double that. I usually have about 40 total boys, seventh and eighth grade. So it's really cut our numbers down as well. And then just getting used to wearing a mask, and which isn't that big of a deal, but 
getting used to wearing a mask when um, we're warming up and then taking it off while you're running and then as soon as you get done running putting it back on again has been a, it's been a little bit of a challenge just to keep students keep reminding the students that hey you put your mask on put your mask on put your mask on but uh, other than that uh, things are pretty normal for cross country so far um, we're doing a good job of keeping our masks on and keeping our distance from each other so uh, we're doing the best we can in this era of COVID. Yeah, I can, you know, that sounds, you know, just, just like a hassle. Um, you know. I, Go ahead. Dave. I had a question. Um, basically, how do you like, how does cross country work? Like how, um, how do you play? So cross country is uh, long distance running. So that's basically what we do is we practice running um, long distances. So usually uh, the eighth graders, the meets for eighth graders are two miles. So we all practice to run like a two mile race without stopping um, at a fairly decent pace, uh, probably like a seven minute mile, eight minute mile. If we can go faster than that, that would be awesome. But uh, that's kind of the pace we kind of practice at. And uh, so, yeah, so. Um, Cross country is like um, the equivalent to cross country. Like when people go pro in cross country, that would be like running half marathons or marathon runners. So long distance running. Okay. I also have a question. So um, do you go to like competitions cross country? Yeah, so we have meets um, and most schools, most schools in HISD uh, participate in cross country. Um, a lot of the private schools in Houston and around the suburbs are really big in the cross country. So um, if we ever go to a meet that's um, open to private schools, um, there's usually a lot of people there. And it's it's a pretty popular sport, even though a lot of people don't necessarily know what it is. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 a uh, yeah. For for a normal cross cross country meet, how long does it last? So um, so there's usually four races. There's usually a seventh grade girls, seventh grade boys, eighth grade girls, eighth grade boys, separate races. So four races, and then um, each race will take maybe a half an hour. Um, so that that includes like the fastest person finishing first in the race, and then the person that finishes last in the race. So probably 30, 45 minutes altogether. Um, but okay. most people are out there for maybe it may, you know, like a fast runner, like a, a person that's pretty fast. It would take them probably 14 to 16 minutes of competition just, you know, to finish their race. OK, thank you. All right, do we have any other questions? Like, is cross country just running, or is there like anything else to it? Yeah, it it is just distance running. That is that is all that it is. It's just uh, and it's what what usually separates cross country from from like track, where you're running on a on a smooth. Uh, consistent surface is uh, cross country is usually it's not so much it doesn't so much happen in Houston but 
when I ran in high school, it was out in the woods, basically. There would be some course that they set up where you're running, uh, you know, up a hill, up a bump, you know, over some bumpy road, maybe even having to kind of uh, steeplechase jump a, a small creek or something to get through to the next part of the track. So, um, so that's kind of like cross country, like, like running out in the country. But uh, in Houston, it's more we're running on the sidewalks and that type of thing because we live in the city. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's the final question right there. Thank you for your time and uh, thank you for listening to the viewers. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hi, welcome back to Hoops and Hits, your baseball podcast. Okay, guys, there was a lot of stuff going on last night. Um, no hitters. Teams are looking good. What do you guys want to start off with? Uh, definitely the no hitter by John Means yesterday. The um, Orioles. It was pretty much a perfect game because of – Okay, um, this is what happened. So, the reason that lone base runner from uh, lost third game. Strike, but – Besides that, that that uh, pitching performance he had was unbelievable. You don't see games like this that often. Twenty-seven outs, it, it's incredible. He had twelve strikeouts. Yeah, this and especially on the Orioles, who's they've had a tough uh, past couple of years, and they step up today and uh, get the job done. So, um, what's your opinion on that? I don't know. I think like. Uh, it's huge for the Orioles, definitely. I mean, first no hitter since 1969, and the first no hitter by a left-handed pitcher since like 1917. So that's pretty huge. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's important for the Orioles because they they're. I'm not. I'm not going to say they're bad. They they have a they have a better uh, record than Houston, but definitely you're going against a team like the Mariners. Who I think has been pretty dominant this season, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and they're, they're rebuilding. They're doing a really good job rebuilding. But definitely. to hold a team to no hits is the most the most. I mean, impressive they, they hit the Pirates. The Pirates aren't that good. I mean, this was just important because it kind of shows how dominant pitchers are now. This is a third no hitter in the season already. I mean, everyone's throwing ninety five. The guy had a nasty changeup. I mean, it's just showing how dominant pitchers are now. Another um, another storyline from yesterday is the Cubs Dodgers. Jock Peterson almost uh, hit a walk off against his former team. The Cubs ended up winning though, but uh, he got caught out in a uh, like deep right field. So um, it was pretty cool because he you saw him bat flip because he thought it was going out, but they ended up catching it. The Cubs ended up winning in I think the eleventh inning by walk off hit. So the Dodgers have been struggling the past couple of uh, games. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about like some general season trends. Okay, so um, we see just some some pretty clear teams that are emerging. We have like the Giants, the Padres, also uh, Boston uh, Boston Red Sox. Boston really good. JD surprising everyone. Doing well, and I think if we look at streaks, I the biggest one right now is New York Yankees winning the past five games, which we talked about earlier. How they were one of the worst teams in the AL East, and this might finally be the year that they weren't incredibly good, but they've clearly shaken that. We know I, that they're still a really good team, and they're proving it right now. 
Definitely. So I think if we look at uh, the streak, we have New York Yankees winning three, Tampa Bay winning four, Cleveland winning four, all of these teams that were you know, below 500, but they've managed to turn it around. I think it's interesting if we look. Baseball is just a baseball is a game where you have a lot of ups and downs. You can be on an extremely high winning streak and then it all plummets. But it's the same thing. You can be losing a bunch and then you can escape with a huge wins. So yeah, and there's never like it's never always that the best team wins. Like, no, we know that like the Dodgers are clearly a better team than say the Rockies this year. But the Dodgers, who've been losing a lot lately, you never know what's going to happen in every game that they play. Yeah, I don't know. I think speaking of the Dodgers, a big game because you got uh, their next game is against the Los Angeles Angels on May seventh for the Dodgers. That'll be an interesting series. I kind of want to. Watch and they that. have a setback right now because Dustin May is having a Tommy John surgery, Tommy so Johnson. he's going to miss the rest of the season. Oh, he's not going to be the same. And but no, they still have Bueller, Bauer, and Kershaw, and uh, still a great bullpen. But that is a major setback for them because he's been Definitely. a great pitcher for them since he's been on their team. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's interesting because Milwaukee. They, yeah, like you said, how you know the good teams can still lose. Like Milwaukee has lost the last four, and they're Yelich still hurt. in their division. It's because Yelich is hurt. Yelich is hurt. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that we can agree that the NL West right now is probably the best or the hardest division, and the NL East is might be the worst. Um, yeah, I can agree with that because uh, the NL West, you obviously have the uh, Padres and Dodgers, but the Giants were surprising everyone this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Diamondbacks, they're, some, they're an interesting team because they lose some players. Like, they lost Goldsmith a couple years ago, but they still have a solid pitching staff. Same with the batting order. And the Rockies, not disappointing they're only the trending down. Yeah. You're just talking about how disappointing the Mets are. Like, they are like, so disappointing right now. They were disappointing oh, yeah. this year and last year. because um, They're always disappointing. I mean, they yeah. picked up Francisco Lindor, and he's batting, like, in 160, something like that. Yeah. but that's, Their only that's, bright spot this year is Jacob DeGrom. That's all you can say about them. Because also, like, I don't know, that whole uh, – the NL East, like, combined, they had a they had a below 500 until, like, a couple days ago when Philadelphia won, like, the last three. But before that, every single team there was below 500. I'm yeah, I, sure. feel, I think Philadelphia is going to end up winning that division because they have Definitely. a great lineup. They have like players like Didi Gregorius, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, um, Real Muto on uh, the lineup. And then they have a great pitching with Aaron Nola and um, that guy, uh, I think Arietta, if he's still on there. But they, they have a great pitching staff also. Definitely. Yeah, I think they're going to win that one. And Maybe uh, the Braves, though, because they have the MVP in Acuna. And they have a um, great pitching staff, and, I mean, as well as a great lineup. They're on that cusp where, like, if they turn it around, they've won two games. You know, if they like, maybe Philadelphia and Atlanta could be like one of them. Okay, wild card teams Atlanta. Other, yeah. Atlanta might have the NL MVP this year. I think he will with Ronald Acuna. They have a great lineup. I mean, Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanston, 
um, Ronald Acuna, Marcelo Zuna. Atlanta could be a team that shocks everyone. They they could be in contention to win it all. Definitely. Uh, Marcelo Zuna uh, just hit, I think, a grand slam, and they just hit their first uh, grand slam in, like, multiple games for, like, 50 years. That's and I want to say a really interesting division this year is the AL Central because oh, yeah, the Twins and White Sox um, who are leading it all. But then you have the Twins and Tigers who are just being uh, really disappointing this year, and I have no okay. clue what's going hey, on. It's a three-day tie between Casey – Chicago and Cleveland. Let's talk about this. The White Sox injuries. I mean, Luis Robert gets hurt, one of their stud outfielders. Then in the earlier their season, I think Mercedes Jimenez, who's going to miss like yeah, the Eloy got hurt. I mean, their outfield's a mess. They have so much potential. The White Sox are so young yet so good. But I, wish I said this last time, but, but if you look so- at their lineup with this young core, they have Luis, Luis Robert, Robert who is a top Ian Anderson. One. A break. Luis Robert, I want to say one of the top prospects. Yeah. Luis Robert. And you're Mercedes, who's second in the league in batting average. And they have a rookie. And they have a good pitching um, cast with um, Luis. um, Julito. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think a pretty telling thing, uh, pretty telling aspect, is the like the runs, the runs scored to the runs allowed. I don't know. Like by that estimate, Houston should be doing a lot better because we lose like really close games. We win like nine to two, fourteen to three. Yeah, they have a plus twenty-five point differential, and they're exactly. third in the division. And they're they're five hundred. They're not even like five hundred. Yeah, we lose like six seven, and then we win thirteen two. It's the inconsistency that's a problem. Because the pitching inconsistency. Because yeah, you look at like Phil Verlander's Wilson. out. You you can't depend on Granky. Every yeah. every five games. No, you can't. And like other teams that have a much better record have a like a much worse differential. Like obviously the Giants uh, have a great you know, thirty. Okay. You know, yes, you can look at that. But baseball's a game. Baseball. There's so many stats in baseball that you can look at that you, it's hard to find like the right ones. That's all the I'm thing, saying right? is that Houston is inconsistent. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, some, some yeah, some important series coming up is the uh, the Angels versus the Dodgers. I I'm pulling for the Angels to win. I don't know why. I just depends because like, you never know. Mike Trout, um, he deserves better. He hasn't definitely he he hasn't made the playoffs at all with the Angels. Maybe once, but they're building around no, Rendon, Otani, and they still have um a solid supporting cast with them. But Doesn't they have, a long-term they have to. They have to win. Yeah. Mike Trout, he sounds like a 12-year, 400-something million. So, he's there for his career. I don't know. He's like, they're like, look, we have him for the best part of his career. We're taking our time building a team. But you don't want to take too long because then injuries and just age starts to play a part. Yep, yep. I agree. I don't know. I I hope that they, uh, they can win. And Detroit, I just... I feel bad for Detroit. They they took a pummeling. I think they have the worst uh, percentage. Yeah, the only sub ten win team, and they had a uh, they had a pretty um, hopeful beginning of the year when they um they swept mm-hmm. the Astros. They um yeah they had like a top record in the towards the uh, first couple of weeks, but they've plummeted they've plummeted down ever since. Yeah. And then they play Boston, which. 
I'm pretty sure Boston's probably going to win at least like two of those. And you also have to think uh, the uh, Tigers, they're still rebuilding. It's not like they're, they have their full future Definitely. team right now. Yeah. Like Cabrera, he's 37. He's going to retire soon. And uh, the guy that drafted uh, Spencer Torkelson, I don't think he's um, he's still in the minors. Yeah, because they kept it. Uh, they actually won against Boston in 10 innings. The Tigers have a great farm system, too. I was thinking maybe, like, maybe in like three or four years, they'll be a top team because of their farm system. Yeah, it's probably not now. I don't know. I think Houston's big game against, uh, or Houston has a big series against the Yankees. We're pretty equal in terms of uh, our percentage. And I, it's definitely, neither, neither team is out of the count. I think, I don't know, the Yankees have won the last five. They have all the momentum behind it, or behind them. Houston has lost the last three. Admittedly, less momentum, but I think we can still win. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be harder, but we pulled the momentum to their side. Yeah. Houston's future is shaky because of our farm system. How weak it is. Yeah, because Frey is going to be gone soon. I doubt he wants to stay uh, this year in free agency. Altuve's only getting older. Like I said last time. Um. Yeah. And Verlander and Granky, they're going to retire pretty soon. So you have to like find a way to get relevant again. Because I understand you know, Valdez, he's a really good player. He's he's only like 20. He's like 25 maybe. Um, Christian yeah. Javier, those two players, you still have them. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be good in five years. Like, I doubt. Like, yeah. I think uh, – for New York, part of the reason that they've been so good, Garrett Cole's hit his stride, and uh, Stanton's just been popping off. He's been crushing it. But That's what they needed from him, because he's been injured for most of his time there. But um, I'm glad to see that he's finally healthy and um, playing pretty well also. Definitely, yeah. I think he had what, three, three RBIs or something like that. But, yeah, I think the Astros are they're relying on a very, like, aged lineup or yes, just yeah. that people that uh like four years ago they were in the prime but now they've i don't know they've just gotten older yeah and, they only they're only getting older and the problem is we're not so bad that it's like okay this is a complete rebuilding year we're just going to see if we can get as many young people no, yeah, they're, they're, below, like they're, below, they're a above average team they're not elite but they're not Bad. I would say they're above average. Like they're yeah, so a team that can still make a run in the postseason. But they're not going to get like some of those, I don't know, exceptional rookies coming because they're not they're not like so bad. They're just normal. Yeah, they're not like a team like say the White Sox who have like a great future ahead of them. Definitely, or they're not like Detroit where clearly they're gonna it's gonna be rebuilding. They're gonna get some young people in and they're gonna. I don't know, maybe get a couple draft picks or something. But, yeah, they're just average, which in my my mind right now is one of the worst places to be. Because you've you've done well enough that you want to keep doing what you're doing, even though it's not what you could be doing to be better. Yeah, I see what you mean there. And um, one more thing we want to talk about is 
the um, NL Central because they oh. have the Cardinals and Brewers who are uh, leading, and then the Cubs who they always have talent on their team who can still make a run. What do Ryan's you think? doing really good. Um, one thing about that division is Milwaukee is Corbin Burns. I'm pretty sure that's his name. The stud pitcher. Yeah, they've lost the last four. Milwaukee has. Like, they all, which is a huge part of their offense. But the He's Cardinals, a, yeah. they've had a great year. Flaherty's obviously doing what he does best, um, shutting out teams. But their lineup. They're not as well. They're not as good. Um, what's his name in the outfield? They have a great team. You um, And I think they're going to win the division because of um, – Trading for Arenado and just their great lineup. They still have uh, Edmund, Paul DeJong. We talked about him. Uh, leading them in home runs and all that. As having, like, the best record. Because before this this uh, this little slide, they were, I think they were, like, 17 and 10. Something like that. They had a really good record. They lost the last four. Now, they these are really close games. They lost 3-4 to the Phillies, 5-6 to the Phillies, 4-5. I mean, they got blown out by the Dodgers 4-16. But other than that, like, they've, they've lost these close games that they could win. It's just, like, one hit in the eighth or ninth that isn't a home run or gets caught. I don't know. I think they, they definitely have a chance. And the their next game against the Mets, I think they're going to win that series. Yeah, because the Mets are, all, like Braden said earlier, they're always disappointing and yeah. – just tough being a Mets fan. So, definitely. Not that I'm one, but it's just tough if you are one because you always have high expectations. It's tough because this is what happened. The Mets that. were a team that didn't spend a lot of money. Now they got a new owner who likes spending money. They spent a bunch of money at Francisco Lador, and he is not playing good. When yeah. he, when you see a player that you're paying so much money to, you expect him to be one of the best. Except. He's not oh, even yeah. one of the best shortstops right now. He's a below-average shortstop. Definitely. Yeah, okay. I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, my bad. I don't think Milwaukee's actually playing the Mets. They're playing Philadelphia for their next game. But uh, that's going to about do it for us. See you all next week. Welcome to our Western NBA podcast. In this podcast, we'll be talking about the Bucks and Nets game. Kevin Durant had 42 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 assists. Kyrie Irving had 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Landry Shamit had 17 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. Blake Griffin had 11 points, 7 rebounds, and 1 assist. DeAndre Jordan had 10 points and 11 rebounds. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 49 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Chris Middleton had 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. Drew Holiday had 18 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. Bryn Forbes had 12 points in one rebound. This game was back and forth throughout. But only one team could win 
in the end. The Bucks won 117 to 114. The Bucks are now third in the Eastern Conference. The Nets are now second in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks record is 40 to 42, 24. I mean. The Nets record is now 43 and 22. I'm surprised that the Bucks won this won this one because the Nets are supposed to be really good and stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised the Bucks won too. I thought that the Nets were gonna either win or make it go into overtime. I mean, either like I don't I don't think they're going to a full hundred percent, but it seems like KD was since he got a lot of points. So did Giannis. I think if they had James Harden, they would have won the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, Okay, well, let's predict our Western Conference and our Eastern Conference. I think in the playoffs that it's going to be the Nets versus the Celtics in the Eastern. And, I mean, and then the Western, I think it's going to be the Lakers versus... Um, that one, that one's hard. Lakers versus probably like the Suns or the Jazz because they're having a great season right now. I think in the East, it's going to be the Nets and the Sixers. And then in the West, it's going to be the Suns and the Clippers. Well, we can't forget about the Lakers, though, because the Lakers just got LeBron back, and I think AD is going to be back. Or is he already back? I don't know. But they're going to have both of them, so they're probably going to make it to the finals or not. But, yeah, I, I, I think the Sixers are doing okay right now. They may, like, go off in the playoffs. We don't know that yet, but I feel like it could be there's so much like competition in the Eastern right now because you've got you've got the Celtics, the Sixers, the Bucks. There's so many good teams in the East. And also the Lakers might have to do the play-in, so it's not really guaranteed that they make the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if they play like a super good team, like if they if they, if they play like the the Jazz or something when they don't have AD yet, then they could actually get out pretty early. And also, the Jazz may not have a one hundred percent Donovan Mitchell. Did he get injured? Yes, he's been out for the. Past ten games with an ankle injury. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, well, I think the finals are. I mean, I mean, the playoffs are coming up, so we'll see. But I don't know. There's a lot of competition in the NBA right now. Because not many teams, like not the super teams, aren't in their like 
prime right now. Like the Nets are not doing like so well. And so are the Lakers. So it's kind of like the NBA is equaled out right now. So it will be competitive in the playoffs. I also like that the NBA is competitive towards the end of the season because if there was no play-in, teams that are in like 10 and below wouldn't be trying to win more. Yeah, because now, like, every team thinks they have the chance in the playoffs because they're all, like, kind of equally good. Like, the Suns are making, like, a great season. The Jazz are making a great season. Even though last year the Suns didn't even make the playoffs or the Jazz got out, like, first round. Yeah, I don't think that the Jazz is going to go out first round because – like last season, they faced the Nuggets, but now the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, so I don't think they're going out first round. I think they're at least making it, making it to the either the Western Conference Finals or at least the second round. Yeah, because they're having a great record right now. Well, I don't even know what's happening. Maybe Rudy Gobert is going off or something, but the Jazz are doing really well right now. Because I think without Donovan Mitchell, they're able to, like the other guys who are really just catching the ball and shooting threes, are able to shoot more because they don't really have a guy who can go and get a bucket easily. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. Is Kyrie on? Is Kyrie playing right now? Because in the Nets, because I didn't see him in the stat book. Yeah. He- yeah, yeah, he's playing. Did he score anything? Yeah. In this game, he had 26 points. Oh, never mind. I don't know. I've, I honestly didn't see the Suns and the Jazz going this far. Because, like, based off last season. And plus, now, like... We thought the Heat were going to be, like, a top-tier team um, last year because they made it so far. But I think, like, Jimmy Butler gave it his 100%, and that's why they got so far. But now, I don't know. He might have given up. That's why the Miami Heat haven't been the best team right now. Yeah, I I think if the Miami Heat were going 100%, They'll be a top five team because I don't think that the Hawks are better than the are better than the Heat. Yeah, plus like if Victor Oladipo like gets back to his one hundred percent, and so they'll have Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, uh, Tyler Hero. They'll have like a lot of young talent. So if they just like succeed that, and, like keep going with it and give them better contracts, I think they could go to the NBA Finals again. Yeah, if if all their top top guys get healthy, they'll be able to make it make it farther in the playoffs and be a top five team. Yeah, I'm 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 waiting to see how good they're gonna be. Well, if none of their guys leave and they stay on the Heat. Yeah, but they could also get like more new talent. Like, if they trade, like, 
if they like make a a, a trade that's awful for like the Lakers or the Bucks or anything like that, like if they get like Giannis or something, that would be big. Or if they get like one of the Nets players, they could become really good. Yeah, because the Nets have a lot of good young role players to be able to combine with their big three. Yeah, it'd be really good. I honestly see the Bulls like becoming an underrated team now with Vucevic, because Vucevic is having <clears throat> a great season, and so I feel like the Bulls can also do well too, since they have Zach Levine and Vucevic now. So where do you think that they'll end up next season? Um, I feel like they'll be in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be, like, crazy just yet. But probably in, like, two seasons, they can make it to, like, as far as, like, the finals. But that's a maybe because we got to see if, like, they get more players or people get better or anything like that, anything like that. Yeah. I see them being a playoff team, too, because with adding Vucevic and also having Zach Levine and all the other guys surrounding them, they'll be a top-five team. Thank you for listening to our NBA podcast. Hi, I'm Leo Friedman. Today I'm with Christopher Alvarez. We have a lot to discuss. We have the Champions League finals finally here. The the finalists are Chelsea versus Man City. Uh, PSG got absolutely destroyed. So did Real Madrid. Um, I'm just gonna say, I thought PSG would do better. Uh, they Di Maria got a, they got a red card. They're 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 being way too rough about this. Um. There may have been a little bit of siding from one side of, like, PSG's accusing of siding, but Pagetino was just saying, we will see. He isn't going too, too, like, crazy about it. We also have the possibility of Neymar going back to Barca. There are rumors about it, but if that's going to happen, Barca needs to sell a couple of players. And the reason why this may happen is because Neymar is going to be a free agent in the summer of 2022. So if PSG cannot sign a new contract, Neymar could return to Barcelona. But it's it's if I I think Neymar will return, and we have some other stuff going on. We have. Uh, We have um, Neymar. We have Messi wanting to go. Um, Messi has not renewed a contract yet, but he wants to, I think. But we got some big things going on. A, a lot of people are wondering about who, if Holland's going to move. We still don't know a lot about that because Dortmund is really, really keeping Holland because. Oh, like the he—they're looking for bit like the big bucks here. This is a, this kid is unbelievable. In my in my opinion, but we also have 
Real Madrid and Barcelona tied in La Liga for second place. Uh, we're we're going to see if Barca can pull through and beat Atletico. But hopefully Barca does not choke like they did last time. But I wish that Barca does their best because they have had a one hard year these past two years because after I feel like after they lost to Byron, they've been losing like their rhythm, right? They lost to Byron seven seven to one, right? If I'm correct, um, that's very big. Anyways, after they that happened, Byron really lost. Not Byron, but at Barcelona has really lost their shape. They lost a lot of con- they lost a lot of their confidence. In the in themselves, I think really what they need to do right here, really because the Ansufati right now actually Ansufati's career is in danger because of how he got injured twice already. He's the Ansufati's just like a Ansufati like a like a mosquito. Uh, at the beginning, he would just he would get you right, but then that but then one player slaps him. He's out for like three months. Uh, he comes back, and then another player gets that same pie. Another human yes, gets him and kicks him out. And now Antifati's career is in there, and big is in danger because of because of this injury rate. A lot of I my I don't, teams don't really like the players who have really big injury rates. I don't even know why PSG hasn't even got rid of Neymar. You can see. The the biggest let's go to PSG for PSG for the limit. The biggest problem with PSG right right now is that they don't they don't try the PSG right. They have so much money because of uh, the owner is extremely wealthy right. We all know that right. But here's the thing. They don't build the team like build the team around one player. They built. They tried. They tried to buy all the good players. Um, they were trying to buy all the good players to have like some type of superstar team. And it's really, really, they shouldn't be doing this. They should be building a team, right, that can work good together, maybe with a few new rookies, because they spent 150 bucks on Neymar, and Neymar has not been giving results. Christopher, do you have to agree that Neymar has not been giving results for the past four years? Yeah, he. Do you agree that Neymar has not been giving good results for PSG? I don't know about that. Like, maybe, like he's had like a, a few good games since he's joined, like. Paris Saint-Germain, but, like, in the Champions League, like, in big games, like, in the UEFA Champions League, he he hasn't really been, like, outstanding like he has in the, in his league, which is the French League, and also, like, they just lost in the Champions League, like, we couldn't really see what he's made of 
in the Champions League versus Man City. And then we also had, like, uh, the other game, which was Real Madrid versus Chelsea. We could, we could see, like, who could win there. Like, people said, like, Chelsea would lose to Real Madrid. Like, Real Madrid has had an easy ticket to the Champions League final, but it turned out Chelsea won. And now it's up to the English to see who would win, like Chelsea versus Man City. And they're both really great teams. And they have played against each other. Like, I think it was last month, and Chelsea beat them 1-0. So we'll see what happens in the Champions League in the, these few All right. weeks. Virginia, who do you think is going to win? Chelsea or Chelsea or Man City? I I think I I have a feeling that Man City is just gonna choke because Man City is known for choking like in the quarterfinals for the past three years. I actually choked. Uh, then the other the team after that, and in twenty twenty they choked so hard, but this year they actually made it to the finals. And also, uh, Thomas Tuchel, the coach of Chelsea, is the first ever coach to go to to, to go to the Champions League t- finals twice in a row with with two different teams. So congratulations to him. Uh, he really he's really really hard worker. I don't even get why PC got rid of him. But Mourinho is getting is playing for Milan. I'm pretty sure he he got hired for AC Milan. Um, that's good for him. Uh, Mourinho has a really, really, it's really, really good. But usually, every three years, every three seasons, he gets sacked. But with Chelsea, he was so productive. I don't. I I wasn't. I was just a baby, baby when that he was just when he was like the ruler of the Premier League, Chelsea and Mourinho, right? Uh, I really do respect uh, Mourinho. He's he's a to me he's a legend. He's a legendary coach who will ever be respected. And and also we have uh, we have the Euro this year, which I'm kind of I'm looking forward to, uh, because the Euro is where all the teams in Europe play each other. But um. I'm kind of expecting something. I want to see. I want to see how France does, France or Croatia, because I want. Because here's the thing. I feel like whatever, however they're gonna, however good they're gonna do in the in these leagues, in the Europe in Europe, the Euro and the uh, I forgot what the other one's called. Um. And it's gonna give whoever wins. This is probably gonna have better chances of winning at the end. But I am just looking forward to all this. I really, really hope that uh, uh, Man City will actually win this. Uh, for a while, I was a big Man City fan when I was young. Um, 
all I really used to, the only team I really used to do using FIFA was really Man City because I just really like to use Man City. And I mean, Guardiola Pep is really working hard with them. I mean, they're going to, here's the thing they've already won the Premier League. There's no doubt about it. There's no way Man United is going to catch up in these few little games that are left. It's over. The only fight that's left is the fight for second or third place. Right? But if you're done with that, after that, it's really over. But the question is, will Man City win the the Premier League and and in the Champions League? Because if that does happen, there's like this... uh, there's this little like uh, shorts uh, called the Champions. Um, it's really really funny actually. Um, but they like uh, they take like soccer players, right? And this is actually about like like a news a news reporter. I like a news a news station. Right? They make these like little shorts. It's about what's that? And it's called and they like all the soccer players just live in this one big house. I know they're making season five of it. And it's all based off of the new season and what's going on. Uh, they just started season five, episode two. And basically, they compare uh, how Messi's sleeping to how he's doing his club. So, like, Man City. I, I'm just going to skip. But basically, I just... So, basically, in like, one of the seasons of the Champions... Um, Guardiola Pep tries to rub it into the coach of Liverpool's face that he won the Premier League. He's drinking on the Premier League Cup. So I can just imagine that show just having uh, just having uh, having Guardiola if they win if he wins, of course. Having Guardiola just shoving it into the coach of Liverpool's face. But anyways, I really, really do hope that Man City can get this win and not show because they've been working really hard for the past few years. Um, they've, they've just wasted a lot of money on some really good players. Uh, they really, really deserve this win at this point. But Chelsea is, in a, is an extremely hardworking club. Like, everybody saw, oh, Real's going to win. Real's going to win. It's obvious. Like, I have, when I was at soccer Dodgers three days ago, doesn't matter though. Everybody was saying Real's gonna win. Everybody was saying it's Real. There's no doubt. It's gonna be Real. Well, look what happened. The underdog Chelsea just took it out of nowhere. I think Chelsea really, really has what we're looking for. Uh, I think Chelsea really is gonna give Man City a hard fight. I have a feeling this is gonna go to extra time, penalty kicks. And at the end, and the end is gonna. Man City's probably gonna take it. Oh, yeah, like, like also like the like Premier League and stuff. Like, I don't know if people have like seen this or talked about it. Like the top five, they're like not even like classifying to go to like Champions League or Europa League, like. I don't know what's happened to them. Like, they started off, like, really bad. Like, and I don't even know if they could catch up now, but, like, they're, like, four points um, 
away from like even making it to Europa League. So I don't know if they can make it or like they're not going to do anything. But anyways, I feel like that, I think what you said was a really good idea. It was really good, uh, Christopher. But we, if, if also one last thing, if Barcelona wins La Liga this year, Messi will get his seventh Ballon d'Or. And after that, Ronaldo, I don't think there's any way that Ronaldo's getting it. I think Ronaldo, the Ronaldo and Messi era is coming to the end. We all have to, we all have to, have to know that it's coming to end. Uh, those people who grew up with Messi, I can already just see social media posts uh, of what, what my childhood was like, you know, and what my, what's happening now with like Messi retiring and Ronaldo retiring. But the question is, how has Zlatan Ibrahimovic not retired yet? Do you understand that? Christopher, do you understand how that has not happened yet? He's 39 years old. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, he, he like, compared, like, to other, like, he's really old out there. Like, maybe one of the oldest. But for, in my opinion, he, like, been giving it, like, his all in all the games. Like, he's been trying to, like, win, score some free kicks or anything he could do now. But, like, I think it's time for him to, like, retire. Like, he's, like, really old now. Like, he used to score, like, bicycle kicks and, like, good good goals. But I, I don't know about now. I just, I, Renault, here's the thing. Uh, when Zatlan Mohamovic was Ronaldo's age, he was still playing awesome. Uh... He was still scoring the goals. He still was playing amazing. Um, but you really see, like, you see that Ronaldo's benched. He's get, Juventus is going to get rid of him. Uh, the old coach of Juventus is coming back and said if he – and they're going to build – he wants to build a team all around Pablo Dybala, a really good player who's really, who's really world-class. Um, but Ronaldo, sadly – isn't like one of those players who can really you can really build the team around. You have to build the team around him. But he said if Juventus wants to succeed more, they have to get rid of Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo's either going to be retiring, or he's going to M, or he's going to Manchester United. But anyways, this is Soccer Champions. I'm Leo Futa, and this is Soccer Champions. Thank you for listening. To- Hello everyone and welcome back to Weekly Sports News. Today we're going to be discussing NBA um, NBA scores and our opinions. Let, let's dive right in. Okay, so basically, so Chicago is, so Chicago has 26 wins and 39 losses and they're going to be playing Charlotte which has 32 wins and 33 losses. Who do we predict is going to win this game? 
Uh, I'm gonna go with Charlotte. I feel like um, Lamella Ball is gonna be a future star, and I feel like Charlotte is gonna make like get past the first round in the playoffs. Yeah. Who are they playing? Uh, Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah, they're going to beat the Bulls. I feel like the Bulls, like, Zach Levine's their, like, only good player. I think yeah. Chandler's pretty good, but, like, Yeah, the Bulls, they're, they're not they're not great. And also Charlotte has more, more wins, less losses than the Bulls. So I think that the statistics show that. Yeah, Charlotte just has more talent than the Bulls right now. Exactly. Okay, um, next up. Brooklyn with 49 wins and 23 losses. I mean, sorry, no, 43 wins and 23 losses is up against Dallas with 37 wins and 28 losses. So unlike the first game, these people, these teams both have more wins than losses. I believe that, um... I believe that Brooklyn is going to win because one, if if I'm not correct, they have played one more game and they do have better stats than Dallas by a lot, a kind of a lot. And Dallas is just kind of their sports teams can be pretty good, but at sometimes. But other than that, they're they're not amazing. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with that. I believe that Dallas will win this game because um, KD's not fully healthy, Harden's not fully healthy. They only have Kyrie, and I feel like Luka Doncic is gonna be very good this game. And just with all the injuries, like if they, if both teams are fully healthy, the Nets would win. But with how um, the Nets are right now. I'm going to take the Mavericks to win in a close one. All right. Okay. Um, next up, we have Washington versus Toronto. Um, I believe that – well, here, Matthew, what, what's your input? On Washington versus Toronto. Yes. I think that Washington's going to win because uh, they've been playing better this year and they have good players. Yeah, I mean, they they do have more losses than wins. They have Bradley but Also, but Toronto is looking even worse on the stats board, so I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that Washington will take... We'll, we'll win. Charles? What's the um, Raptors record? I haven't been following them. Oh, okay. Wait, you mean like the win-loss ratios? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so Washington has 30 wins and 36 losses, and Toronto has 27 wins and 39 losses. I don't know, man. I feel like uh, Washington has better uh, offense than the Raptors, but their defense is atrocious. I feel like if they had better defense, they would be like 
have 40 wins right now, but I'm still going to go with the Washington Okay, yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, I think that I think that we can all guess who's going to win this next game. Memphis with 33 wins and 32 losses versus Detroit, 19 wins and 47 losses. I I with those stats right there, I think I think it's pretty simple to conclude that Memphis will win. Yeah. But we can't we can't be sure. Maybe Detroit will have some amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um. Y'all want to go over the old scores from yesterday? Excuse me. You want to go over uh, the scores from yesterday and what y'all think about it? Yeah. Let's do this. Um. So yesterday, Boston. Played Orlando. They won 132 to 96. What are y'all's thoughts on Boston beating Orlando? It wasn't too surprising in my opinion. But yeah, uh, Kemba dropped 32 points. Mobamba had 15 rebounds. Marcus Smart had nine assists. What are y'all's thoughts on the game? Okay. Yeah, I feel like Boston was supposed to win this one. Portland versus Cleveland. We all know who won that one. Phoenix versus Atlanta. This is an upset. Phoenix is like that's like a very good team right now. And it also Atlanta is not very good. One thirty five to one oh three. And yeah, just really not really surprising scores other than um, Atlanta beating Phoenix. Okay, and um, so I think that that concludes our podcast. And now outro sounds. Um, hold on, hold on. I gotta get the outro. First time, first time. Thank you for listening. My name is Caleb. My name is Ethan. And we're the Astros. And today, we're going to be talking about the Astros. All right. So starting off, Astros' record right now is 15 and 15. Yes. So we're still even. You know, we're not doing bad. We're not doing good. But, you know, we need to win more. And so far, we've lost both of the games to the Yankees in our three-game series with them. So that's not looking good. Especially since we have to play them most likely in the playoffs if, you know, we make it, which we probably will in the Yankees. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna have to play them again in the playoffs. So we have to do, you know, you know, we have to do a little good against them. But you know, we yeah. still have a whole season, so nothing to be too scared about. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. So yeah, we I mean at least we can see like how the Yankees play and how their pitching mm-hmm. is. And, yeah, yeah, in our next game, um, we're playing the Blue Jays. Um, they're fifteen and fourteen, so they have a better record than us. But I mean, I think they're pretty even teams with us, so I think we yeah. could beat them. Yeah, it's pretty even right there with the Blue Jays. So, and the Blue Jays, you know, that they're they also have a pretty good like lineup, so it should be an interesting game. But yeah, I think we can beat them. I think we can beat them. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Astros played pretty good against the Rays. I mean, we won the series 2-1, and then, yeah. you know, we beat them. We also won against the uh, Mariners 3-1, to one, so, yeah, I mean, we've been doing pretty good with our series, but then the Yankees, you know, mm-hmm. they, like, blew us out. Three to seven and three to six. So it's just like, you know, like, you know, Yankees are always tough. So, because they have like one of the best pitching in these leagues. So, always tough to. Yeah. They have good pitching. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it should be pretty interesting to see how the last game of the series is and against the Blue Jays, who are, as you said, evenly matched. Yeah. The Blue Jays game is um probably gonna be a good one to watch. It's like the Yankees too, so Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh just like how the playoffs are gonna shape off. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. bunch of good teams this year. And like I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if either like the Astros, Yankees, Blue Jays or Angels kind of get to, or even the uh, A's, because the A's are actually pretty good this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty, it's going to be interesting to uh, see once the postseason comes around. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll be, you know, fun postseason, I think. Do you guys have any more thoughts about that? Um, so, you know, like the Yankees, I think they're just better. They have like a better lineup and stuff. But, um, I thought we played good against, uh, the Rays before the Yankees, too. Yeah, I think, yeah, we definitely played good against the Rays. Um, and the Rays, you know, they have pretty good pitching. So... It's not like mm-hmm. we can like do bad against good pitching. It's just like I don't know. You know, the Yankees are you know a tough team, tough team. It's whatever. Yeah. So yeah, the Yankees are just a all around good team. Yeah. So it should be some interesting games with the Blue Jays, and you know today with the last game of the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, yeah, hitting wise, the Astros have been, I mean, doing pretty good. I feel like, mm-hmm. and maybe, uh, maybe like a little bit better with you know hitting, but we've been doing pretty good, I guess. And uh, yeah, so 
I think against like like against um Rays, like because you know Rays have good pitching. Like we did pretty good. Yeah. I don't really like know the different. Like I know Yankees, they probably have better hitters, so that's probably like, yeah, one big. And I mean that can go a long way, like because our pitching right now, like we have decent pitching, but like it's not like near like near the best in the league. So you know it's definitely like hittable, and uh, mm-hmm. you know the Yankees just took advantage of that, and I think that's probably like a big problem. I think with uh, you know like how our team is right now is just like kind of our pitching, but, I mean, we were looking good, but, right now, but, uh, yeah, we have to do, like, we're 30 games into the season, like, only, so, we have to do better against, um, you know, tougher teams like this, so, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see, like, how we play against, I don't know, any postseason team, just say that. Any playoff team. Mm-hmm. See so, yeah, yeah, after, after the um, the Blue Jays were playing the Angels, that should be a pretty easy game too. Then the Rangers, Toast Rangers, so that should be pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, against the Angels, we beat them sixteen to two. So that that, that should be like. We should be able to beat the Angels like in the series. Yeah. Because the Angels, uh, in the last series we played them, we beat them. We beat, or they only won four games and we won three. So, yeah, we should definitely be able to beat them in the upcoming series. Yeah. Um, like, and then, and then after that we play the Rangers. So it's, yeah, we should be able to get some wins off of those, and hopefully go into a positive record, like. A more positive record than what we are right now, and let's see if we maybe get a few wins off the Blue Jays, and because so far, yeah, like I said, the Yankees, you know, they've been destroying us. I mean, yeah, it's it's just like they're hitting us, you know, pretty good right now. So hopefully, like it'll start to slow down towards like the middle of the season, and then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, interesting games coming up, and yeah, also with these like lower like skilled teams, like the Astros can like um, get their hitting up a little bit, hopefully. So yeah, anyone have any more thoughts about that? Um, so you know, the Astros, um, you know they're like they're uh, fifteen and. 15 so they're positive and we i think we could um we can definitely maybe not the yankees but we could definitely win the next next couple games probably hopefully definitely against the angels though yeah i definitely think we can win against uh the angels yeah Yeah, we should be able to be yeah blue jays like because we're playing like five or six days in a row or something so yeah oh yeah that'd be tough on some that'd be tough on our players yeah it's gonna be tough on the pitching and we might have to like throw like a position player in the pitch or something or like other people uh, yeah. to pitch 
because you know it, it gets tough like that but you know because you know pitchers need a lot of rest because you know they throw like yeah their arm yeah because their arm can get like really worn out very easily mm -hmm. does anyone have you know any other thoughts about anything mm, not really in baseball but um like football and uh nothing's been going on really so Kind of yeah, nothing really has been happening in football or basketball. Like basketball, we're like the worst team in the league, which is kind of you know a little sad to see because you know we were doing pretty good in, like last year, and then we just go from yeah the worst team in the league. So and then you know football, nothing much has been happening except like the draft. Texans didn't really. I don't think Texans had like a single draft pick except like one. Mm -hmm. That wasn't good. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thank you for listening. We're the ones that shows. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Shot Clock, your NBA recap podcast segment. My name is Ryan, and I'm here with Ali, Abdul, and Edward. And this week we're just kind of we're just going to be going over what what's been going on in the NBA, how teams have been going, how teams have been doing as the playoffs get closer, who we think is going to clinch the playoffs, or who we think is going to get in, who we think might fall off in the next couple of games, just in preparation for the finals. Is anything y'all want? Anything y'all want to really start off with? Yeah. So recently, like it's been a battle between the. Nets and the 76ers for the top seed in the West, but it's the the Nets are on a three-game losing streak, only being five and five in the last ten, and the 76ers are on a six-game winning streak, so that's putting them two games above the Nets in uh in Eastern Conference. Which like even though like there's not that many fans, home court advantage still kind of plays a factor because like you know like you're you I don't know yes you're like used to shooting on the the rims I guess and like it's kind of like more familiar and like in a seven game series like having an extra game and you're like home in your home field that's pretty crucial yeah people yeah, like yeah. when before so, like, pens were banned from arenas I feel like whoever had uh, the home court advantages usually won because like I feel like yeah, every it's a, team it's a real thing. Yeah. Every team has their own unique fans, like they have their own different styles. But I think the the uh, the team that had the most advantages were the Sixers and the Warriors, especially from both sides. They were and the oh, Nets. And the and the and the and the Celtics, the Celtics, man. Have you ever met Celtics fans? It's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, just kind of Boston sports in general. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what about Boston is. If you, uh, it looks like Boston, Boston team in every sport looks like they're like one of the top team in every sport. I wouldn't say the Celtics are a top team. Like they're good. No, not they got, like they got a, actually really yeah, not, nice young. Not squad. the top team, but like they're solid. They're great. They're not always like bad. Every team that's like yeah, yeah. from Boston in every yeah. sports, they're like great. They're not like a losing team. 
yeah so also like that the the east is starting to like um starting to like the seeds are like it's starting to get kind of in place of how it's going to be i think the 76 are going to stay the first seed and the nets and the books i think that's going to be the top three and the knicks i think they're good at the four seed i think they're going to hold on to it not like the hawks get it and i think that's how like the east is going to look like right now for the playoffs and i think I don't know. I think the Wizards, if the play-in tournament, I think the Wizards could make it because Russell Westbrook, I think he's like only like two or three more triple doubles, like two or three triple doubles away to pass like Oscar Robertson or something. And um, yes, and then also they have Bradley Beal and they've been playing really well recently. And it'd be interesting to see how far they do, how good they do in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of consider the Wizards a, a wild card right now because like they have two very good players and they just don't really have like the synergy. They're just missing something, you know. And I feel like at the playing tournament, like if something happens, they're just gonna go crazy, they're gonna pop off, and they might actually make the playoffs. Yeah. So also, uh, yeah, it's probably also on the East. I mean, the Hornets are all right. I think. Lamelo's back, I'm pretty sure, and yeah, I think like I think the Hornets are gonna like do like maybe take a game to like take a team to like five games, maybe six, but I don't think they're gonna put that much up that put up that much of a fight. And then also in the yeah. West, yeah, for the, the Hornets, that just shows like this is uh, Lamelo's first season. He, it's he's a rookie. That shows like he can be a leader and like take a team. But I feel like he didn't do like everything. The whole team like just got well together. Yeah. So right now in the Western Conference, it's not looking good for the Lakers. The Lakers, each time I think each time we talk in the segment, like, like I think they've been honestly they've been getting worse and worse. Even though yeah. they, even though they picked up, um, even though Anthony Davis came back, they're three and seven in the last ten. And they're like tied for like fifth and sixth. They're 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 tied. Same record as the Dallas Mavericks for fifth seed. And they're on, and the Trailblazers are only uh, half a game behind them. So they could fall all the way down to the seventh seed if they're not like careful. And Damian Lillard honestly has been playing like has been playing pretty well coming back from his injury. He's playing solid. And yeah, let's say like the Lakers. Like it's crazy to say everybody thought that they'd be like a top seed. But injuries have just kind of like killed their season, and then now they're gonna they're, they have, there's a good chance that they're gonna be in the play-in tournament, fighting for a spot, even a spot in the playoffs. Like they're not even guaranteed. Yeah, man, that's kind of crazy. Cause like, cause, cause as you're saying, they they were the favorites for this year, right? Cause they're coming off that amazing duo of LeBron and AD, but like. What do you do when the duo becomes a solo? You know, like I don't know, man. Injuries hurt. Yeah, injuries hurt. Also, I guess. Like, they had a really good season last year. Their off season was also good. They picked up like two six men of the year candidates, Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. I mean, Harrell has been like has underperformed this year, and Dennis Schroeder has been okay. They even picked up Andre Drummond around like the trade deadline. So like their team was looking like it'd be like. It, Everybody was thinking, oh, Nets versus Lakers, but I don't see that right now because I think, to be honest, like it's not that good of a comparison 
but I think it's like kind of like like the year that Michael Jordan came back from baseball, like for like the end of the postseason. Like I don't think they have like the chemistry this year of like them like playing together like they did last year. And I think they're gonna do okay in the playoffs because like let's say LeBron's coming back, but I don't think that they're gonna make it that far. I don't yeah, even know if LeBron the championship. They all think that they're. When people come off the championship, they all think that they're worth so much that they that they were the reason that they won this title. So everybody wants more. Everybody wants the higher paychecks, and it kind of makes teams fall apart. You know, it's really hard to make a dynasty in a sport like basketball, where everything is so volatile. So it's it's, it's kind of an inter- It's been really interesting to see kind of the Lakers fall from grace with all the contracts plus the um plus the injuries. I, I just hope they can do well, man. Yeah, the last dynasty was the Warriors. What made them so good is that, like, they drafted, like, really well, like, getting Clay Thompson at the 11th pick, getting Curry, like, 7th or, like, ninth or something, and, like, getting Draymond Green, I think, in the second round. And they were all just, like, young guys that were just hungry to prove themselves. And they didn't – they cared about the money, but, like, that wasn't their main focus. Their main focus was to win. And that's how they, like, won 73 games. And then they didn't, like – and they didn't get injured too. They stayed healthy, and they ended up losing the championship. Yes, but then like the next year, they picked up Kevin Durant when like the NBA raised the salary cap, and then like they ended up winning two more championships after that. So, like that's like they had the makings of a good dynasty, and that's what made them so good. I kind of miss Clay Thompson on the floor. He was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not the same because, like, last year, like, since Clay was injured, they tried, like, not replace him, but tried to, like, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess kind of replace him with, like, D'Angelo Russell, but that didn't work out. And this year they have Wiggins, and, yeah, it's not that's not as good as um, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Yeah, the other thing I want to talk about, in, in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. the Knicks are doing, like, Way better, um, a lot better. Did they, they make? I don't think they have made the playoff uh, yet, but they're like in the top ten in the Eastern. They they are number four. Yeah, they haven't they're, clinched it, but yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they haven't they, clinched it yet. But they're like one hundred percent making it, and it's like since the trade deadline yeah. where they picked up Julius Randle, they've been kind of going crazy, man. I feel yeah, like they've been it's surprising over the past couple, like, like 10, 15 games. They're in front of the Hawks, the Celtics, the yeah. Heat, and the Nets. The only t- uh, team they are behind are the just the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. They're just behind Philly, Nets, and the Bucks. Yeah, it'd be Wait. like really odd. Uh, it'd be honestly really cool to see like, like the like if the if there was if they like like they let fans back in because like the Knicks like they haven't had like Knicks fans haven't had like a team to root for that was good since like Carmelo Anthony, Amari Stoudemire, like Elon Shumpert that team, but now they have like a top four team in the East who's led by like a young cast of Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. Emmanuel quickly and um, Mitchell Robinson and even Derek Rose. They have a good coach too. So that environment of that stadium, like rooting for the underdog at the playoffs, would be really fun to see. But like right now, I think like like 
they don't have much to lose in the playoffs. Like they like if they like if they win, and no, nobody this year was expecting much from them. And I think they're gonna make it to like the second round. Maybe take a team to like two, maybe game six, game seven on a team in like the second round. And then I don't think they're gonna make it past them. But they're gonna be a good free agent destination because they have money. And then everybody wants to be like the star in the big market in New York. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. to be on this rising team. Mm-hmm. Like I feel I think like the Knicks. They Knicks. Have a yeah, the Knicks, I feel like, is a team that is uh, can win, but, like, usually don't turn out good. But even though it doesn't turn out good, people still love it because it's New York. True, true. Kind of the location. Actually, I didn't really think of that. That's a big thing. Like... People are like more like wanting to root for New York. People want to root for Boston. People want to root for like the Bulls, right? Because these are like the recognizable teams. When you like look at like the Jazz, like who wants to root for Utah? I'm like, I don't know how much of a difference that really has, but like that's there, right? Like the G, like the, the geography, like that that totally has a sway on like ticket sales, right? And that, that and huh. that's and that's where like kind of like fan home fan comes in too like to support the players if you have like loyal fans you could have like better Mm -hmm. players that want to play for you yeah no i never really thought about that but like like the geography of these teams could definitely make a difference in their overall performance right yeah home court advantage not anything else you know yeah, and then um, like the, to be honest, kind of like the Clippers a couple of years ago, like the rising team, like Shake Gilgeous Alexander, like Tobias Harris, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell. Like before they got Kawhi Leonard, they were like a rising team that went to the playoffs and kind of played like decently against the Warriors. They didn't do much, but they played like all right, and that that made them like a young rising team, which was a good free agent destination, like L.A. like. Everybody wants to play in L.A., so that's how they snagged Kawhi Leonard. They ended up trading some of their younger pieces to get Paul George, too. So I think the Knicks are in a very good situation for their future if they just, like, if they just make the right moves and, like, sign the right guys and, like, keep their, like, young core together. I think they could be, like, a really scary team in the future, let's say, when the Nets, like, start to get older. And, yeah, I think it would be, like, them, the Sixers, and the Bucks as the top three teams. Like five years. Yeah, from. the Knicks. Uh, even though they're like the second team in New York behind the Nets, I feel like they're gonna get better than the Nets. Even because the, the Nets, their team is like older veteran, experienced players. Well, on the Nets, there's like just a couple bit, a uh, couple veteran players and experienced player. And which one is their leader? Randall, Julius Randle. I think the Knicks could be good in the couple uh, on the next couple years coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, we're kind of running low on time here. Uh, it's a good week, kind of going over everything, the rising, the rising of the Knicks how things are kind of starting to settle in the East and in the West. And with that, I think we're going to sign off for this week. Thank you all for listening, and just bye.
Welcome to the Global Soccer. Today we're going to be talking. I'm going to be talking about America versus Portland. The final score was three to one from the game that they played on Wednesday. But the final final score from both games, from back and forth, was four to two. Um, leaving America with four goals and Portland with two goals. In the first game, there were. There were a, a tie, one one. But after this Wednesday, the, the final score was four to two. Um, on this game, the first goal was from Federico on twenty one minute, and then he scored another goal on fifty nine minute, followed by a Portland player named Diego on the sixty four minute, and that left them. Two to one at that point. Until uh, Leonardo scored another goal on the 70th minute, which led them uh, uh, to 20, which led them two to two. Until America scored the third goal, and that's when they and they ended up beating Portland. Um, the game was a very good game. America was obviously playing a lot better. I feel like the way that America plays has no no chance against Portland because this is a this is a very fast game that America plays, and I feel like Portland is used to the MLS compared to America. But Portland did have some players that um, that used to play on the Liga Americas. They had two to three players that used to play on Liga Americas, and and yeah, this was the quarterfinals for CONCACAF. And America passed to the semifinals. And that's it. That's down to Gerardo. I can see Gerardo. Hello, welcome to Global Home Soccer. Today we're going to be talking about PSG against Man City. So first, we're gonna start off with the first match. The final score was a one to one. Manchester City won. In the second half, of, in the second game, PSG had scored two goals to get ahead of Man City. And and shots on target were um shots on target were were five. On target for uh, Man City and zero for PSG. And possession was forty-four percent for Man City and fifty-six percent for PSG. Four hundred sixty-nine passes for Man City and five hundred eighty-two passes for PSG. Pass accuracy eighty-seven percent for Man City and ninety-one percent for PSG. Fouls fifteen fouls for PSG. For um, sorry for Man City and twelve for PSG. Yellow cards two for Man City and four for PSG. Red cards one for PSG. Offsides one for Man City and one for PSG. Corners six for both teams. They play at the city of Manchester Manchester Stadium, aka Etihad So the lineup. The goalie was Ellerson. 
right back was Kyle Walker, left back Sinchenko, center back Diaz, Jones, and Johnstone. Marriott scored two goals, leading Manchester City to the finals of Champions League. And Di Maria got the red card. And that's it for me. I'm going to pass it down to Brandon. I am Brandon, and I'm doing Berlin versus West Ham United. Well, this was a icon game at first. I really enjoyed it. So like one of those games where you just get your popcorn or soda or whatever you need and just chill. But it was like the beginning was intense. That's where everything happened. Like Berlin scored its first goal with Chris Wood from a penalty shot at the 19-minute mark. And right over there, West Hampton United made another goal which was Miko Antonio, assisted by Vem Kalfier. And then they, they really needed to make sure they got the victory, so they scored another goal. The same person, Michelle Antonio, scored. That dude, um, I, don't really, I don't really know who he is. Sorry if he's like a third player, but like, he's, he's good. Scoring two goals in like the five minute mark, same time. Something. Then, as I said, it was like one of those chill games. But I mean, the beginning was not chill. It was like Berlin scored. Berlin people like Berlin was probably screaming goal, and then West Hampton scored goal, and Berlin people probably thought that they were gonna win, and West Hampton United. And scored another goal, which was finishing the deal, and then I need I need to record. And then right after that, I mean I don't I don't know who who started the penalty from the first goal, but that thing that was a lot of penalties. This round, I mean, like, it's gonna be penalties in like soccer games, but like, this one, this one had more than I expected. And I like that Berlin also took advantage of the scores and scored another one, but like, no one, no one got a red card or anything, just like one yellow card, which was West Hampton United. And both of them had good possessions. Though Berlin probably got that many chances to score a goal. That's the thing. I mean, like, Berlin? They're a good team. They're a good team. I really enjoyed them. But West Hampton United is also pretty good. Like, if the West got Berlin, if, if, you, if you were to look at their recent games, if they scored a 0-4 to four on Wolfhampton Wanderers, but they yeah they lost to Manchester United, so beyond yeah, they they're playing they're definitely standing in the same area. But like also West Hampton United also good. I mean they got they got one draw against Arsenal, but they also won against 
Wolfhampton and Wonders. I don't know if Wolfhampton got like a new coach or anything, but like they've been slacking, but that, that's me personal. Like Wolfhampton's fifth place in the leaderboard. And Berlin, they're like 16. Berlin's been doing so good. Like the Wolfhampton, it's also been really good with that player they got. Wood. And that's pretty good. I mean, they, they have okay goalies, me personal. I mean, the last recording, if you want to go watch it, that team really had a good goalie. And yeah, that's mainly about it for me. I'll pass it on to David. Hello, I'm talking about with the Champions League semifinal game. It was uh, Chelsea against Real Madrid. Dave uh, had a game before this. It was at Real Madrid, uh, at Madrid in Spain, which the score ended up being 1-1. So now we have the second match of the semifinal. With, uh, I think it was really almost one-sided towards Chelsea because uh, we see... Um, Kante, Angola Kante took MVP for both matches of the semifinals. So I think he did, he had many, he made a, a, a bunch of like goal opportunities for Chelsea. And uh, in this game, especially, especially, uh, he made both uh, really good assists for the, the first goal. You see, he had a good pass uh, and then uh, it hit the crossbar. Then we see Werner score at the 30th minute. But then uh, we get into the... So that was how the first half ended. Werner just scored at 30th minute. Then it was really nothing else for much for the first half. Then uh, we see it uh, after the the second half started. You see that uh, Werner got substituted for Pulisic. I think Pulisic is a really good player. Uh, he's definitely one of the top players right during uh, the during the Champions League. He's been doing really great. And then, so we see that uh, again, Angola Kante made this uh, goal uh, possible. He just intercepted the ball when uh, Real Madrid was uh, in the defense. They were passing it back and forth, and then we just see N'Golo Kante come and snatch the ball. Then we saw him pass it to Pulisic, and then Pulisic pass it to uh, Mont, and then we see them score again at the 85th minute. So at this point, there wasn't any much thing for Real Madrid to do. It was at 2-0 already. So I think after that, I think Chelsea just had the ticket to the final. Well, Real Madrid did they'd have... A, Again, they did have opportunities. However, we just saw Mendy did uh, really good blocking all the shots from Benzema. Something I did see that Hazard didn't do as much, or I saw that he didn't do much this game. Um, he was he's a really good player. However, he didn't do much this game. We just saw Benzema hitting like headers and like kicking it for most of uh, Real Madrid shots, but there was Mendy who blocked them all. So they couldn't get a single scoring or going. So I think that's uh, Mandy's really good. It's a really good goalie. And uh, I think Real Madrid could have maybe 
at least maybe scored a goal. But however, Chelsea, I think just and this during this game, Chelsea, I think he was the better team overall. Especially that they have a uh, like their new recruit Werner. He's been definitely been missing some goals. However, this uh, he had an opportunity this game and it's uh, scored a goal. So I think the finals is going to be. Quite interesting. I wasn't expecting Man- uh, Manchester City to win uh, the game. So against PSG, because I think PSG has a really good team, and I don't know. I think they just kind of just uh, didn't play as well as they used usually do. So Chelsea against Manchester City, we can see them in the finals. I personally think uh, I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win because both teams like they definitely kind of were the underdogs. Um, during the semifinals, because um, a lot of I seen a lot of like Real Madrid fans think there was gonna be an easy match because Real Madrid is you know we seen them do good and definitely during this Champions League era, so I think definitely gonna be something unsuspected is gonna come uh, definitely between these two teams. So I can't say who's gonna win, but I definitely for this match I definitely thought, thought that Chelsea was gonna win. Since the first minute, I don't know. I just had this feeling because Chelsea's been going uphill recently. So I think they uh, they could do, they could definitely win it. There's definitely high chance for them. So I think uh, Chelsea's definitely a really, really good team. But that's all for me. And thank you for listening to Global Home Soccer. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of One Hour School Wide.